0: Welcome to Detsu Aegis Network podcast leadership series. Andrew Hewitt is my name, Head of Public Affairs and Communications, Detsu Aegis Network Australia and New Zealand. Uh, And we take you on a journey where we speak to leaders and people right across our business and more importantly right across the industry we try and publish a new podcast once if not twice a week and thank you to all uh, who are listening because we're getting a fantastic response not just from our own staff but also from people around the industry. Uh, you can download our channel at, at uh, Wooshka uh, or you can just follow the links as we publish them across all our own channel content. Today I've got to admit I'm a little bit nervous because uh I'm in the company of someone who is not only uh, very impressive when it comes to their day-to-day work, but has recently been recognised by uh, her peers as one of the most preeminent minds when it comes to creative thinking um, and talent across our industry. Uh, Kamala Suarez joins me in the studio. Kamala, congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Obviously, you've had a chance to reflect on the b and Women in Media Award. Can you take us through um, what the award means to you and maybe a little bit about the submission process as well? Because you know we have a number of finalists. I won't mention all their names right now. Uh, a number of finalists right across Dentsu Just Network. And obviously, it's great to be nominated, but it's even better to win.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a very meaningful award. Um, awards, as you might know, it's a, it's a, a quite an important theme when you work in the creative industry. People talk about awards all the time. Agencies want to win awards. It's uh, someone against. Some people are against. Some are in favor. But everyone likes to win awards. The difference from this award is normally uh, when you uh, win an award in in Cat lions or whatever, uh, you get one piece of work that you've done for a particular client, and you write a case study, and you have good results, and you submit that, and uh, uh, the opinion of people a group of people decide that's really good and gives an award for that particular um, piece of work that you've done. The difference with BNT woman in media awards and why I think this is way more meaningful is that it's not recognizing that you did one good campaign it's recognizing that you did something really good with your career. Uh, So that's why I was really, really uh, stoked to, to be recognized on that one. The submission process, um, it's basically an overview of your career, the things you have done, uh, the things you plan to do in the future. Um, it's quite
0: personal, isn't it?
1: It is quite personal, as 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 personal as it can be when you're talking about your career. And um, this this year, uh, they gave a theme, uh, which was basically uh, you know uh, the gender equality in the in our industry. So they wanted to know what uh, uh, the, the candidates were doing uh, to help improve um, the, the gender balance, to decrease the pay gap and uh, what actions in the future these people will be doing. So um, that makes me even happier to, to have won and to have been recognised on that.
0: Because it is something, I mean rightly so, you're very passionate about it. I think we've got a lot of passionate and dedicated people when it comes to um, equality and inclusion in all forms. Gender just plays a role in that cultural Equality and inclusion is just as important as working with people with a disability. We've talked about that a number of times on this podcast. But you've got a real passion point for gender equality, um, in particular in the creative industry. And I know, did you want to talk a little bit, the 3% conference was in town last week. Uh, Surprisingly, you didn't go. Yes. Did you want to talk about that?
1: Uh, I've been following the the 3% conference and um, that is the first time in in Sydney, but it's something that's been happening for the last three or four years uh, globally. Uh, And I've been following that for a while. Uh, 3% uh, refers to the number of um, um, female in creative leadership positions globally, which apparently uh, this year is catching up to 11%. Meaning that all this movement, the conference, and the movement and the conversation around it, must be working. Um, I don't think Australia is quite there yet in terms of eleven to to be able to change the name of the conference to eleven percent conference. But um, um, I think uh, it's it's moving in the right direction. Do you mean that? Um, we're talking about it. I don't see a lot of action yet, but we're talking about it, and normally action follows talk. So um, yes.
0: I'd Why didn't you attend the 3% Conference?
1: Because uh, it's personally, I think the 3% Conference will talk about something that I leave every day, right? So I didn't need to spend a very pricey <laughs> ticket on um, going there and seeing and listening to the things that I know are truth. Um, I am doing everything I can to address these issues. However, I thought it would be it would have been much more important to send the male leaders of uh, the Nsoa Ages Network, ISOBAR, to go and attend, because that will actually show these people a different perspective. Uh, it's not uh, that they are against equality or that they have anything that, that it's 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 not in favor of this change. I know everyone in this company wants see and wants to see this happening. But I thought it would be important to have people that don't live that on a day-to-day to to, uh, uh, experience that perspective and give these people more uh, ways of of, of taking action towards it.
0: Um, I can sense an accent, so we'll get to maybe your personal journey a little bit, but I really do want to talk a little bit more about this equality position. As a result of your feedback, and you were very firm in your feedback to a number of senior people ahead of the conference, we we did manage to get some senior leaders, but I suppose they were more from the Diversity and Inclusion Committee. So I know Adam McLeod attended, who's one of the senior um, leaders at ISABAR. Our head of HR, Luke Spears, also attended, um, as did other members of the Diversity and Inclusion Committee, uh, our council, sorry. Um, The reason for that is because we're considering sponsoring uh, the event next year. Uh, Do you think that's a good idea to take a leadership position when it comes to sponsorship? Because I suppose if we do that from a Dentsu Aegis Network perspective, we mightn't be solving your point of feedback, which is we need more creative male leaders to attend the conference. What's the fix for that?
1: I think sponsoring is a great step because uh, it will give us more influence in the way that we reach out to the creative community and try to talk to the male leaders uh, and just, uh, you know, make – clear the importance of attending this conference. Um, Somehow the conversation this year uh, was very much surrounding the 3% conference. It talks about women in leadership position, uh, whereas I think uh, if I were to improvise a creative campaign right now, it would have be like uh, men uh, in the industry. Uh, You need to attend that because you're going to learn things and experience things you've never experienced before. And you are in a position to make this industry a better uh, play So I think uh, being a sponsor and being involved with that, we can probably uh, be more effective in, in attracting the right people, uh, the decision makers and people that will have an effect.
0: Uh. All right. Well, you've just signed yourself up to the organizing committee. Who are going <laughs> to? Count on me? <laughs> no. Uh, I'm… I'm, I'm- I'm not being serious. I mean, you can be involved if you want, but we'll be sure to keep you in the loop in terms of um, if we do, in fact, sponsor, because we've got a few events that we're thinking about sponsoring next year, we will have certainly a more robust conversation about it and make sure we maximise the opportunity. But I did want to find out more about the accent and maybe some of your personal journey. Uh, We don't start too early, so we don't go right back to primary school, but maybe uh, teenage years, uh, where you grew up, a little bit about your family history, and then we'll just sort of progress through education and, and, and sort of your professional
1: Life. Yeah, I will actually go back to primary school because Great. I've got a very diverse background and primary school is actually part of it. I was born in Brazil. My father's family is from France and Spain. My mother's family is from part Portugal and uh, Brazilian indigenous communities. I went to a German school and right. and I lived uh, across the road from a synagogue uh, so most of my f- friends on a day to day were from a Jewish community. Um, so I and my family would go to a Catholic church on the weekends. So I kind of know all the rituals. Of you've all. pretty much
0: covered every. <laughs> so the, the indigenous background. What 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 race? Uh,
1: it's Guarani. Uh, it's a Brazilian um, indigenous uh, community that uh, it, it's. It's got several tribes. Guarani is almost like a generic – it's almost like saying Aboriginal in Australia. okay. Uh, So, there are several tribes from the south of Brazil up to the Amazon. Uh, I was born in the south of Brazil. But, yes, it's –
0: Have you done any – have you jumped on Ancestry.com or have you you done any work in terms of your background? Because I'm just trying to think you've got – it sounds like in terms of, yeah, your family tree, you've almost got nine or ten countries –
1: Probably, covered, yes. yeah. If we keep
0: religion aside.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And so how many languages can you speak as a result of that? Five. Fluently?
1: Um, let's say fluently four. Uh, but if I spend some time in Italy, it goes back to five. <laughs> it's just a bit rusty. Okay. Uh, yeah, Italian at the moment. And uh, that that's not counting um, the very basic knowledge of the, the native Brazilian English language, Tupi Guarani, uh, because it's very badly registered. There's no, uh, there's almost no communities left speaking the language, so you you can't really learn. So you, I know a few words, but can't speak it fluently.
0: Um, so, uh, how did your travels go? Take us through some parts of your travel or or that education that brought you to Australia.
1: Yeah. So. Um I almost didn't have a choice in terms of career because uh, my father is a creative director, my mother is an art director, uh, my brother is an account director, my sister is a personal trainer, I don't know what's wrong with her. (laughs) 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 Uh, So um, when I was uh, 17, I was at university studying languages and literature and didn't do much uh, apart from going to uni in the morning. And my dad said, Well, uh, a friend of mine could give you an internship in an agency in the afternoons if you feel like doing something. Um, And I got that internship and… And so this is still in Brazil? This still in Brazil. I was 18 years old um, and I loved it. So um, after four months, I was hired full-time as a junior copywriter. Uh, was working in the south of Brazil in a, a few small agencies in small markets uh, for a few years until one day I got fired, uh, and then I thought, "Am I going to be here upset because I got sacked?" Uh, and or would I just do something different and just, I don't know, sold my car, sold my stuff and, and, and moved to Europe, uh, just decided to just go and see the world. I uh, was very lucky because I arrived in Portugal, uh, which speaks the same language as, as Brazil, so I could uh, continue my career as a copywriter. And um, in three days, uh, I, was, I got a job in an advertising agency and that was great because uh, i went from a very small market in the south of brazil to a proper uh, you know big agency in in portugal which allowed me to start doing better work with bigger budgets to bigger clients and winning awards and and started started to shape my career um, so that was my time in Portugal. After a couple of years there, I got really interested in working in in digital uh, advertising and and you know the all the the things that technology could bring to the table when you talk when you're talking about creativity and how it could enhance it with technology. But Portugal at the time didn't have any digital agencies. So again I gr- I grabbed my staff and moved to São Paulo back to Brazil. This time, Sao Paulo, the biggest market in Brazil.
0: How old are we now?
1: 22, Okay, so a couple
0: of years in Portugal.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, two years in Portugal. Got a job at Ogilvy. And uh, I was at Ogilvy for six, almost seven years. And I went from uh, digital copywriter to integrated copywriter to creative director for IBM and, and then um, – then I ended up in a role that was a regional creative director for IBM um, from Ogilvy. So um, I I had um, one team. So I used to go to New York to brainstorm with the global teams on the global campaigns for IBM. Then, when the global campaign was approved, I would drive, drive uh, travel around South America, and Latin America, because it includes uh, Mexico and uh, all the countries that don't speak English in in, in the Americas. So it would go to each of these countries implementing that global campaign and adapting to the local… And
0: computer-related, so selling PCs?
1: uh, Was
0: that the main stage for the work for IBM or was there a variety of stuff?
1: At the time, it started with selling PCs and it was at the time that they sold the PC division to Lenovo. So IBM started to do more like consulting in technology and they started developing Watson. And artificial intelligence—that was more or less that time. It was quite a difficult subject to grasp, but was really interesting. It would
0: have been very cool. Yeah.
1: What and do you
0: think about Watson and artificial intelligence?
1: I find it fascinating. I find it like my, my background being copywriting. I'm looking forward to it because somebody's going to have to write the tone of voice for these artificial intelligence yeah. modules that we're going to build, and that's going to be really, a, you know, a copywriter's job. So it's a whole new challenge, and it's going to be—I think it's going to be exciting.
0: Fanta- so sorry, I just—I just wanted to get some context around the IBM stuff. So, yeah, now, yeah. so plenty of travel, exposure to New York. Yeah. You're 30 now, uh, as in 30. 90. 30 when you're doing six or seven years, so 28 when you're the creative director. Yeah. So it's was it, it's a pretty rapid career growth?
1: So, uh, sort of yeah not 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 really uh i mean i guess it's so very, is it
0: common for a creative director to be 28 years of age uh
1: thir- yeah probably about 30 yeah it's pretty common actually okay. if you look around yeah, yeah. so yeah and then uh, after you know implementing and, and creating within the not just localizing the campaign but because normally the local markets they didn't have the same budget as America right so we had to resort instead of being doing big TVCs we would do a lot of digital executions and completely different from the originals and then after um, going through all South America I would go uh, to Paris where the other creative hub was and we'll package up all the new work that we had done within the campaign and then show to a creative director in Paris and she would just Oh, this will work also really great in australia this piece here will be great in um singapore so she would uh, spread that kind of work across the world so it was a really interesting experience um a lot of travel a lot of interesting Do you work. like traveling i love traveling oh. so that was that was fun um i hate it really wow well after a while it gets it's, it starts to get old because after two years i think i did this for two years at the end of the second year, I was paying for an apartment that I would spend two days, three <laughs> days a month uh, in it. And I was but living
0: out of a suitcase isn't that much fun. It's cool when you're younger.
1: Yeah. 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 At the time, it was good. Like, you know, shopping in Paris, shopping in New York, it was great. <laughs>
0: Stop it. Um, um, okay. So we, we, we're getting ever closer to Australia and your role at ISA Bar?
1: Yeah. So um, after that, um, I decided I didn't want to live in Sao Paulo anymore. Um, because Sao Paulo is uh, too big, too busy, uh, not safe, um, et cetera. So I I was thinking of a move um, overseas. So I took a job at DDB in Sao Paulo because I knew that at DDB, in that role specifically, uh, I was going to win some awards and make some important connections that would allow me to um, move overseas or at least uh, build a bit of a name. So I was there for one year and the following year I went to the Cannes Festivals, got a few awards, met a few recruiters, got a few offers, uh, one of them to um, become a creative director for Vodafone at JWT in Sydney. And I had never been to Australia, but I said yes, (laughs) because I thought it must be great. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Kangaroos skipping down the street. (laughs)
1: <laughs> did you have that sort of perception?
0: A lot of people do, but you know.
1: Uh, not really. As ludicrous okay.
0: as it sounds, you're far too intelligent for that.
1: No, my, my cousin uh, lived in Australia for a few years uh, okay. and I did my research as well. I was a bit fascinated by AFL because it was a really strange sport um, still is for me. Who do you follow? Uh, tigers.
0: <sighs> wow. Well, we're recording this on Thursday and the Tigers are playing against Geelong at the MCG in their, another final series where they're hot favourites on the Friday night. Are you nervous?
1: I, I'm i nervous because I have a week to learn the rules of the game. Okay. Um, but I will, I will because I think this is the year of Richmond, so yeah.
0: Can we just, Tyson, our, our tech man extraordinaire, let's just uh, put that in the vault and see if... Uh, Carmel is not right. I'm not sure if we've got any prizes to give you, but it's a a hot tip. There you go. Tigers for the flag. Um, So you're in Sydney?
1: Yeah. So in Sydney, uh, Sydney I worked in a few agencies. I worked at uh, JWT as a digital creative director. I worked at uh, Havas as a digital creative director. I worked at Mercy as a digital creative director. Then I uh, moved to um, Melbourne to work at Huckleberry as a creative director. So at the time, uh, Huckleberry was the full-service agency from Dense Wages Network, it was uh, media and creative. Um, when um, the biggest media client, when we lost the biggest media client, Medibank, then the creative uh, part of Huckleberry merged with Isobar. Right. And that's when I joined together with… How tw- many years ago is that? Mm, that will be two years ago. Okay. So three, three three and a half in total with… Dan, two years at Aisopar.
0: Are you enjoying it?
1: I'm loving it. And one of the reasons is that I've always been the digital creative director in other agencies. And the digital creative director is more or less like um, you have an orchestra and all of a sudden you realize that all the kids are listening to electronic music. So you still have an orchestra, but you put a DJ in the middle and between the <laughs> violins and, and and the, the piano. It just sounds weird and that DJ is gonna feel out of place there and has no power to do anything interesting. Uh so moving to uh, a digital environment, I felt like I am a DJ playing with other DJs, you know? Uh well other other you know
0: well, and which DJ would you be?
1: Ah. I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, a complicated question. a
0: question I, I get I'm advertising. Sure yeah. I don't
1: even know DJ's name. <laughs>
0: Neither do I. I don't know why <laughs> I asked the question. But uh, great analogy nonetheless. And so you've got – give us some, give us a bit of a shout out to your team. So obviously in those couple of years, have you built a team? Did you inherit one that have sort of stuck by your side?
1: Yeah, that was pretty much it. it was uh, The team grew um, when I started at Isobar. It was a, it was an interesting day because uh, twenty four people started on the same day at Isobar, coming from Huckleberry. Some some of them in, in creative and several other departments, but there was a, a team, a creative team of uh, I guess six people at a time, uh, all very senior, and we started to try to like organize the way we worked and work a little bit more efficiently, and uh, we started to do really good work. We brought a few clients across from, from Huckleberry, of course, uh, uh, that also, you know, kind of gave a bit of a refresh in the mix of clients that we had. And we started to hire a few uh, juniors as well because we didn't have any juniors in the team. So we started to build a, a mix of juniors, mid senior people working together, started winning more clients, winning more work. We have now, I think, 17 people full-time here, um, 19 when we got some freelancers in uh, this week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a there's a big team and it's uh, the majority of, of, of them um, from, from the beginning since we started. Yeah. And
0: can you tip us into any cool work you're doing at the moment? I'd love to hear about either some case studies or something we can – check out online that you've been working on recently?
1: There's some really, really uh, cool stuff. Um, Last week in Sydney we had a meeting of Dan uh, Creative Council uh, where we uh, discuss new work that we're thinking of submitting to awards and we give each other feedback and we try to make it better and how to build that story for juries and awards. Two pieces of work that stood out uh, from, from Isobar was one was the um, Kmart stick and style, which is basically a stickers back from your iPhone.
0: And you can put like cushions on a couch
1: exactly is that it? yeah so basically Sorry not
0: just I saw the look you gave me as if I was yeah. simplifying it a little bit too much it's a lot more than that but
1: that's true. Yeah. that is true that's it it's an interactive catalog that you can uh, cool. uh, experience you try the items in your own place um, that's one of them the other is the the um, uh, American Assassin Campaign for Village Roadshow, which is a chatbot that trains people to be an assassin. So uh, through games Had and… a lot of
0: coverage too. Uh, yes. Got a bit of a potty mouth.
1: <laughs> yes. Is that your work? Yeah, that's Michael Panton's okay. work mostly. Yeah, so he's he's the man behind that bed tempered uh, chatbot. Uh, and yeah. it's going really well. It really was. It's, it's an amazing piece of work. I'm really proud of that.
0: Speaking of amazing pieces of work, and I, I, I don't think an agency is responsible for it, but the It movie, have you seen the creative with the balloon? Yes, yes, it's really th- funny. <laughs> yeah? Simple? Yeah, or? Uh,
1: quite simple. Um, yeah, we did uh, some work with uh, Village Roadshow on It as well. It was probably um, a little bit, too sophisticated if that, that was the outcome uh, but was quite similar in the approach about like having red balloons coming out of uh, the gutters. Uh, but, but, you know, it got people's attention. People are sharing the photos. I think it's going to – whatever you do, it's going to be a huge success. It's
0: a very uh, scary movie. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to go and see it. <laughs> I, I saw the other one and it's not like I was scared of um, clowns as a result but it was the scariest movie I think I've ever seen.
1: Really? Yeah, I can't remember. I um, must, yeah, I can't remember watching the, the previous one.
0: Carmella, we, we normally try and limit these to about 15 minutes, but your fascinating story has meant we've gone a little bit over time. I just wanted to close out with two points. One, I um, love hearing about family. So, do you have brothers and sisters either here or back at home? How big is your family? Are your parents still around? Do you have a partner? Just feel free to share what you're comfortable with.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My family still lives in Brazil, so uh, my parents are still around. So um, my mom just pretty much spends time with her um, uh, grandkids, um, Pablo and Luna, Um they're lovely little girl, How old are little boy. They are, Luna is six, Pablo is eight.
0: Okay. And have you got a brother or sister, older brother or sister? I've yep.
1: got, I've got a, a third year old brother, um, sister, sorry, third year old sister and a 35 year old brother. Okay. Um, and they live uh, in the same uh, town as my parents. And my, my father uh, still has a small agency. He still works with some loyal clients that want that girl. So, he just, you know, keeps himself active. Fantastic. Uh, and he manages the agency with, with my brother as well. And do you get back there often? Every couple of years. Okay. Uh, go for a little visit and spend some time with them. So, it's a very long trip. It takes about... Depending on the route, you get from 30 to 40 hours to get there.
0: If you're lucky. Sometimes I imagine yeah. it be 50. Yeah. Depending on the route you take.
1: Yeah, because yeah. they don't live in a in a big city now. They move to a small town, so there's no airport. So, after all the flights, I have to hire a car and drive four more hours. So, when I get there, I'm just so exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just often go and see them. And here in in Australia, I've got I live with my partner, uh, who who also works in advertising. Okay, she works at Clements, so we can't talk about work at home. <laughs> NDAs, just sign <Yeah>. NDAs. Yeah,
0: <laughs> is that tricky?
1: No, uh, we can't. We talk- is
0: it a good thing? I mean, it's it's probably not a bad thing that you can't talk about work. It just opens up. The world,
1: uh, yeah. I mean, uh, we have such similar backgrounds um, and similar jobs. Uh, we're both in creative, with both women in, in creative, uh, senior creative positions. So we 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 have that. Uh, how was your day? Uh, Fifteen minute yep. kind of rant, but we don't go into details of what is the idea that you have today because that that gets a bit complicated.
0: What about if you're watching telly or you see a campaign that's neither of yours that you've worked on? Do you critique it together? Oh, yes.
1: Favourite subject. Did you see that on campaign brief today? Oh, my God. Yes. I know. People talk about normal stuff. We talk about campaign brief or (laughs) advertising ads. Um, Um, And
0: speaking of which, people who haven't seen uh, your leadership piece Um, earlier in the year. I know, as we talked about, you're committed to women in leadership. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the piece that was published? Yeah. Um, I'm sure you read some of the comments underneath it, which I think (laughs) from a trade media perspective, uh, you should never read them too much. And I think it's a little bit disappointing, um, the nature of some of those comments, which I think are just there to incite confusion, if not a little bit of hatred. How did you feel about the piece you wrote? Because it was considered... Um, and it it went through a significant approval process, but still people have got some staid views. Did you want to talk to us about the piece, where it was housed, and how you how you felt it was received
1: so uh that was an interesting experience. um I tried to be as factual as possible, and i it was also quite personal because it was based on my experience right that's uh, everything we write about is personal because it comes from whatever we went through i didn 't realize it was going live on that day. And I woke up, so we had the isobar Christmas party, and I woke up the following day very early because I had a shoot, but I was also very hungover. And I go to a campaign brief while I'm having my morning coffee and try to, you know, come back to life after a big party. And I realized that the article was there, and I read the first 10 comments which were live. And the first 10 comments are, Unrelated to the subject. And, and the subject they, was
0: equality, equality, gender equality and leadership across the creative.
1: It was a question, it was like a reflection about why, what happens to women that they don't apply for the jobs. Uh, I was recruiting for a creative director, got 300 applications, one woman. And I was reflecting on why does this happen? Why are women not putting themselves out, out there? And um, the article suggested that maybe we are uh, met not with harsher judgment than men when we put ourselves out there. The first 10 comments were really horrible and they were personal and they had nothing to do with the article and they were just basically saying, I'm stupid and didn't have a brain. So I stopped reading that and only came back to the article a week later to read all the comments. And reading all the 70 comments uh, on the article, you get to see that it it... it I think it turned out very, really positive in the end. And if anything, those first 10 very personal comments, they just proved my point. I put myself out there. I gave my opinion. Uh, I didn't even give an opinion. I was just like reflecting on on, on something. You were stating,
0: you, yeah, you were openly talking about your experience. Yeah. Which wasn't a good one if we're looking to ensure that the applications we get are balanced and give us the opportunity to hire, yeah. yes, on merit, but also making sure that we've got the right pool where we can get a balanced totally. interview process going. Yeah. Which comments, it just made sense.
1: Which some people would, you know, if a man would have written that article, they would probably be like, yeah, mate, I don't know, maybe you just ask your mates or something. But no, because, you know, I would dare to say that because I'm a woman talking about not finding woman, the first comment called me stupid. The second said I didn't have a brain. So I think that kind of proved the point anyway in the end. Um,
0: How did you go in that hiring process?
1: I hired a man.
0: <laughs> How's he working out?
1: Oh, uh, he's great. He's a, he's a lovely guy. Uh, it was never, and there's a whole subject to be explored in terms of quotas. And I would have loved to hire a woman. I just ran out of time and support. And I think we are not equipped to implement uh, the quotas as a group yet even though I think we should. Uh, but I had this really great uh, uh, creative director uh, from Spain, Alberto. He's doing a great job uh, and everyone loves him and he's he's awesome.
0: I've so much enjoyed our chat. Um, thank you very much for giving up your time. Congratulations on the award. Um, there's no doubt you're a very impressive leader um, with a background to match. I would love to get you in here and talk about quotas. Uh, we will do that, I think, with the D&I committee. Uh, I know they're can be different views. Um, I'm certainly not against quotas, but I have certainly have a view on the, prog- the career progression from a commercial perspective when it comes to opening yourself up to finance and strategy and having a holistic business understanding as to why there aren't women in leadership positions in business. But I'd also love to chat how comparably that career journey and the experience to get to a creative director position and encouraging more women to take on that role, what we need to do on 100%. that ladder.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because I think that's a really important component.
1: Yeah, it's another ten podcasts I think. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: and we will get you back. And um, yeah, I really appreciate your time. And it's a fascinating story. And I think we could talk for another half an hour. But Tyson's um, winding us up. We will get you in here. Please let me know when you want to return. If you're doing some cool stuff, it'd be great um, to just chat more about you and learn more about your life and maybe do something in another language
1: oh yeah let's do it thanks for having me here it was a great chat and uh, looking forward to um, coming back anytime Uh,
0: thanks Kamala if you'd like to nominate yourself uh, to appear on the podcast or if you've got someone across our business or across the industry that you'd like to hear from uh, hit us up podcast at dentsoegis.com remiss of me not to give a shout out to the other eight representatives from Dan that were represented in the fifth annual B&T Women in Media Awards uh, obviously come Carmella um, from Bar took home the Creative Award, but we also had a number of individuals, uh, including Catherine Krantz, Penny Davey-White, Nicole Hetherington, uh, Tish Tambakau, uh, Aliyah Hassan, Kruti Patel, and Catherine Smith. All were finalists uh, and did a brilliant job throughout the process. Um, If you want to find out more about them, you can check out our website or just jump on LinkedIn. Thanks again for joining us, Carmella, and uh, no doubt we'll be sharing this far and wide, and we look forward to the feedback and having you in the studio again soon. Thanks heaps.
1: Thank you.